G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Some of the backstory and some of the current story when it comes to love and romance today and always wonderful to be able to welcome back to 2020 Dr Genevieve Milnes who's the National President of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. Hello Genevieve, welcome back. Hello, Neil. How are you today? I'm very well. And I should just let our <laughs> listeners in on the fact that uh, I'm talking to you today from Albany in WA. You make <laughs> yes, a regular you, you make a regular trip down to Albany, don't you? I do. I have offices in Albany, um, and so I'm here today to see some clients. And uh, so, when it comes to a Valentine's Day focus, uh, I'm assuming you're not seeing clients all about uh, love life problems. Or I'm sh- although I'm sure that there are counselling love life problems. And I, I went to, uh, I just mentioned a little earlier on. I said I don't think our segment's going to be all about sort of uh, you know therapy for people who are uh, going through a tough time love wise. I think you know what I'd like to be thinking is that uh, listeners today will call in and uh, just express how they approach love and romance and whether Valentine's Day has that sort of, you know, draw card. Uh, maybe if you're single, it's different to if you're married. But, you know, you can have these Valentine's feelings and these uh, things that you do, these traditions that you can create uh, right into your married years. But what does it mean for you, Genevieve? Well, I don't know that I'm the best one to ask, Neil, because I think my husband really only picked up the idea of Valentine's Day when I I guess I was harping on for a few years saying, you know, well, of course, because it wasn't part of our, you know, our history. We we didn't ever do Valentine's Day. And it's it's become something, you know, a little bit more modern, I think. But um, yes, he has. He's actually given me a card or or a flower or or some little thing just to to say, yeah, he recognises <laughs> Valentine's Day, which was kind of nice. <laughs> Let me ask you: you you just made a, an amazing confession. This idea of harping on. Uh, <laughs> some people might call that nagging, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't want to sort of cast aspersions here, but is this an issue? This is the well, look. You are you're the one who's got your head around these things. But it seems to me that if you nag too much uh, as a woman uh, for your man or for your husband, uh, yeah. that sometimes can be actually a repellent. Uh, oh, that indeed, actually says, oh, but indeed. but but yes. if it comes from his initiative, yes. there's something special about that, isn't there? Oh, yes. But, you know, um, we always say, look, we don't marry people to change them. But, you know, over time, I guess we do see each other changing a little to suit each other and make life easier. I don't know about you, Neil, but, you know, I, I think this year it's 43 years of marriage for me. So it's been a great 43 years. But we have our ups and downs every now and then, like every couple does. 
<laughs> well, for me, uh, it's our 30th year this year. Oh, and uh, okay. so the 30th anniversary coming up in October. But uh, interestingly, that when I, and this is, you can only do this when you've been married for quite a long time, uh, <laughs> is that, uh, that when you do have a milestone year, because it's a milestone for us, it's a milestone year. So it's not just an anniversary day that we'll celebrate, but it's like our anniversary year. So. Uh, whatever we do this year, I'll be making some references somewhere along the line to uh, happy anniversary. This is our milestone exactly. 30th year. So, uh, But, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up and, I, and I'll, we'll do something small for one another, my wife Charmaine and I, on uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. people, people, some people go to great lengths, though. Uh, I mean, is the, is the small gesture just as good as the big gesture? What do you think? Look, it, I think it depends on your expectation. And I guess over the years, I didn't expect anything, <laughs> which was a good way to be. But when my children started asking and saying, oh, what do you and Dad do, you know, for Valentine's Day? And I was kind of, well, left with nothing to say, really. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a sort of a growing kind of thing. And I, I guess we'll just you know, do something nice for each other, uh, a couple of words. or oh, Actually, we're, we're getting back into a little bit of singing lately, so maybe we'll spend a little bit of time with singing a couple of love songs. That sounds <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and I were on the right wavelength, and when we were getting ready to have this conversation today, uh, you said, oh, I know the story of St. Valentine. And uh, and yes. I, said, I sent a little note back to you saying, oh, I've come across the story of St. Valentine too. Basically the same story uh, yes. written by different people, so they had a few little different things there. But what, yes. uh, when we reflect on this story of St. Valentine, uh, the first, uh, the patron saint of Valentine's Day, I guess you call him, a Roman priest, uh, yes. around uh, those early, it's, we're talking third century here, um, yes. Roman, what's when you get back to the to the to the real meaning? There's some things I know you are wanting to draw attention to. What's what's so well, special about that story? I, I had a little look in the history of Valentine and the Valentines, if you like, because there were several of them, and I, I think perhaps the stories have been interwoven over time. But I guess the one that we probably know the best is Saint Valentine, who was a Roman priest in 269 AD during the time of Claudius II, who persecuted the church. And Saint Valentine was someone who stood up for Christian marriage because Claudius was saying, look, he was saying, I'm prohibiting marriage of young people because when people get married, all they think about is their partner and they're not, they don't do very well in battle and they don't have their minds on the job. So he prohibited the marriage of young people. And it was this Saint Valentine who encouraged the young people to marry, uh, uh, you know, secretly within the Christian church. So he he was um, actually caught and imprisoned and tortured for performing marriage ceremonies against the command of this emperor. Um, but the story goes that one of his judges called Asterius, whose daughter was blind, um, I guess came to him and or he got to know um, whether it was the jailer or the judge, I'm not sure, but he was supposed to have prayed for this girl with such an impressive result, which I guess means um, that, that she was able to see, that the jailer or the judge, <laughs> he 
Asterius himself became a Christian as a result. But this didn't save St. Valentine. He was sentenced to death by beating, stoning, and finally decapitated because of his stand on Christian marriage. And uh, so, and then we know something about he wrote a letter to this girl and he signed it from your Valentine. So uh, just an interesting beginning because that's um, how we sign our cards today sometimes, you know, um, from your Valentine if you want to remain anonymous. <laughs> and it goes to show, doesn't it, that, uh, you know, while we think we've got a big marriage debate on today and there is, it's a big debate and it's very serious and the ramifications yeah. are, are uh, really mind-boggling uh, if you think of what can happen if uh, the marriage uh, laws change here in Australia, but uh, it just illustrates too, doesn't it, that marriage has yes. been a controversial issue throughout history, and and that's that you just mentioned uh, the idea that Claudius thought that unmarried soldiers fought better than married soldiers because married yes. soldiers might be afraid of what might happen to their wives and families if they died. Uh, that's a that's an interesting thing. So ban marriage so that you can keep soldiers strong. Yes, and send them all out because they've got nothing to come home for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty sad thing, isn't it? But there was someone who did comment on that, um, uh, the Father Frank O'Gara from Whitefriars Church in Dublin. And uh, perhaps we can go on to talk about what he had to say about Valentine's martyrdom. Yes, uh, well, uh, lead us along that line. Uh, what did F uh, Father O'Gara say? He said, um, he said, Valentine has come to be known as the patron saint of lovers. And he said, before you enter into a, a Christian marriage, you want some sense of God in your life, some great need of God in your life. And we know, particularly in the modern world, many people are meeting God through his son, Jesus Christ. Then he says, if Valentine were here today, he would say to married couples that there comes a time when you're going to have to suffer. It's not going to be easy to maintain your commitment and your vows in marriage. Don't be surprised if the gushing love that you have for someone changes to something less gushing, but maybe much more mature. And the question is, are our young people ready for that? So he says, so on the day of the marriage, they have to take that into context. Love, human love and sexuality is wonderful and blessed by God, but there is also the shadow of the cross, and that's what Valentine means to me. I thought that was, that was rather beautiful, the way he wrote that. I wonder whether we could reflect on how mature we think the idea of love is in our current society today when you use those words and reflecting Father O'Gara, gushing love. Uh, the mm. gushing love, and I think we're talking about, uh, you know, that flutter of the heart, uh, those, uh, those really romantic uh, feelings that you have uh, when you are courting or uh, when you are dating, uh, but then there's the the moving of that and the, perhaps the growing of that into uh, what he described as more mature love. There's there's different ways. In actual fact, uh, understanding all these different sort of forms of love, very important, isn't it? And I think we yes. can, as Christians, we can appreciate that because we can see those different forms of love in the Bible. We can. And, and I guess that, you know, the idea of St. Valentine in the beginning was not about um, romance and love, but it was more about, um, I guess, having to lay your life on the line for what you believe. And this is certainly what 
he did, if these stories are correct. And then it was Father O'Gara who went on to say, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do that even to the point of death. Now, I know that's a bit heavy for Valentine's Day, but actually, you know, um, as Christians, and as you say, is this just something, you know, sort of lighthearted that we do for Valentine's Day? But there are repercussions because um, the expectations that perhaps are built up around Valentine's Day or expecting something from someone that you like or love or, you know, this whole idea of romance um, does bring a whole lot of disappointment with it as well. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, we're talking love and romance, your opportunity to be part of our conversation, your opportunity to direct the way our conversation may well evolve over these next 40 minutes. 1-800-316-316. Love and romance, Valentine's Day this coming Sunday. Our special guest this hour, Dr. Genevieve Milnes, who's the National President of the Christian Counselors Association Australia. Genevieve, let me ask you about uh, singles. Uh, as we've already discussed, a uh, long time since you were single, long time since I was single, Uh, but there's lots of singles who are meeting up and uh, entering into relationships, uh, coming with a level of naivety and bringing to those relationships all of the things that make up them themselves as a person. Uh, It is, it's a risky time. It's like a, it's like a minefield out there, I guess. Well, it is. And I do see a lot of um, young couples who are coming in who, who really want some guidance, some help on how to start up their new relationship or how to continue that well and perhaps some pre-wedding counselling. So one of the things that I do start with, um, I, I usually go through some sort of book or some some workbook to help them. But one of the things we talk about right in the beginning is what is your mutual relationship vision that what's your ideal love relationship because if you get an idea of what each one thinks or is expecting out of a love relationship then you can compare and then perhaps highlight those things that are missing from the other's agenda or their <laughs> their vision so that you can you know get an idea really of what those perhaps those um you know, difficulties are going to be later on in in marriage. And I think by getting your own relationship vision, something like you could put down, well, you know, we would like to have fun together regularly or and actually put it in the present. So say we have fun together regularly. How true is that for the other person? Or we meet each other's deepest needs or we trust each other or feel safe with each other. And that is what you know, one person might want as their vision of their mutual relationship. And so when you come together, there's a whole list of of things on either side and you can compare, contrast and add to those lists so that each of you has an idea of what the other is expecting. Interestingly, uh, I think these sorts of things are raised in a lot of local churches and in youth groups and young adults groups. And there's an interest, isn't there, in churches when it comes to relationships and how they're going to fit together and how you can actually make the best of it, how you can bring all of these things to the table and actually work out your compatibility and and understand how a relationship might grow from there. But it seems to be that outside of the church, uh, it's just a big hit and miss affair. 
and I guess you've got to be guided by parents. I suppose books can be involved, but there was a bit of a backlash, you might recall, when there was uh, on offer sort of pre-marriage uh, counselling vouchers uh, from oh. uh, one of our governments, and that that sort of fell on its face. It just, uh, you know, it was like a lead balloon. Nobody really wanted the advice. Is it a, is it a case, do you think, that uh, people don't know what to ask? They don't know that they don't know. Yeah, that's true. They don't. And so what they will do is encounter difficulties and then, you know, along the line years later or not so, you know, months later, perhaps, they will find out that there are problems. And and so what I have found is that the problems they have in their present relationship, and this brings us to a deeper level, actually reflects their own unresolved issues. So in the end, it has to come back to what you as an individual bring into that marriage. What is, what's your culture? I mean, that's a huge one. I think we've talked about that briefly before. But what culture, what family culture do you bring to this relationship? And how is that going to clash with your partner's uh, culture and, and what they've grown up with? Because our expectations of how our relationship will be is going to differ depending on that culture. I'm interested too, Genevieve, in the expectation that people have uh, for the length of their relationship because uh, it seems to be that the idea of a lifelong uh, marriage uh, isn't in the minds of a lot of people, and especially people outside of the church, uh, where they mm. think of marriage as being something expendable. And, well, if this one doesn't work, I'll just go and have another one. And, of course, the, as you know, there's all sorts of baggage that goes from one to the other, and I don't know that it gets any easier a second or third time around. And there are a lot of people around who've got onto their second and their third time marriages. But, but the expectation of lifelong really means you get things set up at the beginning and so that things will go right. But if you don't get things set up at the beginning because you never expected it to be lifelong, I guess there's mm. issues there, aren't there? Well, there are, and I guess that's what we're seeing. That's, I don't know the figures, um, but I think it's almost one in two uh, marriage ends up in divorce uh, or separation. So, um, you know, there isn't that sort of preparation. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, getting a big wedding or having, you know, your house ready to move into and buying what you need and so on. But, um, well, look, I mean, even when I think about myself, um, going back a few years and when I met my husband now my now husband Peter um, we really didn't you know you don't consider all of those years that you're going to go through together and you sort of fall in love and you do exciting things and then you start you know we started having children and so on in our marriage but um, and then you know I guess the problems grew as we grew and we found out look we weren't probably weren't all that ready to get married but I guess that's how it is we don't get that guidebook do we to marriage well we don't get the guidebook and I think we all start off uh, in naivety we don't know what to expect we don't know and perhaps our parents didn't know much more and so we we go into this without a whole lot of wisdom backing us I guess that's the idea of a of an extended church family, you know, when I read biblically of uh, of the older women teaching the younger women, of uh, mm. the older men teaching the younger men, 
uh, wisdom yes. is being passed down in that, and it's like the village that raises the child is necessary yes. to continue into those adult years because uh, because marriage is a minefield and all sorts of things can go wrong. But getting a bit of wisdom from uh, those who have been there and done that is actually really valuable. It is valuable, and we live in our individualistic uh, culture, if you like. So we're not collectivists like you know asian cultures and indian cultures and so on they have that sort of inbuilt family extended family genevieve um, hold but, the thought there yeah. we're going to break for news and continue our conversation after the news our talk back line open wanting to hear from listeners 1-800-316-316 dr genevieve milne's our guest we're talking love romance and valentine's day let's hear from jack who's calling in from new south wales hello jack welcome along to 2020 g'day how are you very well jack what are you doing for valentine's day well I am currently single and have been for a while. Now, I've had this idea floating around. This is a bit of a, a break from all the heavy stuff. Yep. Um, the idea of a, a single Pringle. You get uh, two Pringle packets and you cut out the bottom and you stick them on your forearms all day. And when people ask you what's going on, you say, oh, just a single Pringle. Got no um, relationship at the moment. <laughs> okay. So are you, are you serious? This is what you're going to do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay, now, Jack, you're single and you're looking for love. Is that the case? Well, the way I see it, if a girl is going to fall for me wearing Pringle packets on my arms, then what have I got to worry about? That's right. Well, your trouble might be finding someone who's compatible and thinks that that's a great idea. <laughs> I only need one. <laughs> now you okay, Jack? Well, uh, far from us being a, uh, a some sort of a dating agency setup, you better tell us what town you are calling from. Uh, Moree. You're in Moree in New South Wales. Yep. And undoubtedly, there are a whole bunch of young single women who are tuned into this program now and uh, looking for someone to meet just like you, Jack. Uh, let me just let's bring Genevieve into the conversation here. Genevieve, uh, something a little bit out of the usual. If you want to attract some attention, I mean, you can send cards and give gifts and those sorts of things. Uh, what about wearing something on your uh, your skin, uh, like a Pringles? Do uh, you saying the chips on your skin or the or the or the label, Jack? Uh, just the packet, like the the cylinder tube. You cut out the bottom and then just. Oh, like so, it's like arms. a so it's like a wristband then. Uh, so you. Yeah. Single Pringle. All right. Uh, unusual ideas there. Genevieve, uh, bring in your wisdom. <laughs> Hi, Jack. How you going? Um, yeah, good. Um, so you've come to this because you've tried other things, have you? <laughs> uh, not particularly, but uh, I heard this idea. One of my cousins, I think, threw it around, and I kind of ran with it a bit. Everybody else thinks it's weird. They won't, uh, won't join me, but I'd thought I'd heck it alone. Okay, so, well... Now, where are you going to go with this? Are you going to go to a party or you're just going to walk around the streets? Um, well, we're going to go to church that day. Yeah. So, for one, and I hear that's a, that's a good place to pick up godly women at a, at a you, church. Can I ask you a question? Do you think that these women are going to be attracted by... A Pringle cylinder on your arm? Probably not. <laughs> they will after today's conversation. <laughs> this could start a whole new craze. I can see this now. It's going to be a social media phenomenon. 
uh, I like it. And thank you so much for ringing in and telling us about it. And I'm sure that uh, if other people think it's a great idea, they might do it too. Uh, well, Jack, stay with us for just a moment. Uh, when you're talking to young single people, and I'm just assuming that every now and then, Genevieve, uh, you're talking to young single men or young single women, and, yeah. uh, and they're saying, well, uh, I am on the lookout for love. And yeah. uh, I would like to meet Mr. Wright or Miss Wright and uh, ways to go about that. And given that you've been married for a long time and, and uh, bringing wisdom into the, uh, the context here, uh, how do you sort of, uh, you know, say, suggest people? I mean, you know, there's all sorts of things, isn't there? There's the, the online dating uh, uh, craze that, that is there. A lot of people meeting online. I mean, is that the way to go? Obviously, as Jack is saying, he's going along to his local church. Uh, Jack, you yeah. better tell us what, which local church is it in case there are young women all across uh, western New South Wales who are going to converge <laughs> on Moree this Sunday because it's Valentine's Day and they, they're going to be looking for the guy with the Pringles packets on his wrist. Uh, which church do you go to, Jack? Uh, I go to the Lighthouse Church in Moree. Okay, the Lighthouse Church in Moree. And uh, so you just never know what young single women uh, are going to turn up at your church this coming Sunday. Could be a church growth phenomenon. Uh, could be hordes of young women who are looking for love. And I know there are plenty of them there in the, in the west of New South Wales who are going to be looking for an opportunity to meet you, Jack. Yeah, even if just to talk about the thing on your arm. I mean, I don't know how attractive it's going to be in other ways. But maybe, you know, you can also be working on aspects of yourself that would make you um, a, a valuable partner in a relationship. But I don't know you, Jack, so maybe you, you already have those things and you've got that under control. I'll tell yeah. you something you've got going for you, Jack. Uh, a godly young man looking for a godly young woman, a woman, because uh, the incompatibility aspects uh, mm. usually, and I'll get Genevieve's thoughts on this too. Uh, the the way of uh, of what most people have uh, have gone through in their thinking is that uh, is it all right if I'm a Christian to marry a non-Christian girl? Uh, vice versa, and uh, and there's temptations that can come there. Uh, but the compatibility when you are a godly man, when you are a man who has faith in Christ, a follower of Christ, and, and Jack, I just know from the conversation that uh, even though we're talking about something a little bit crazy, a little bit weird, that you're going to be turning up at church on Sunday with the Pringles cylinders on your wrists, and uh, you're doing that unashamedly because you'd like to meet a godly young woman at church. It means you've got a great aspiration there and so just some thoughts from Genevieve on being equally yoked having faith in Christ running at the same speed together yeah look I, I can't uh, emphasize how important that is um, and you know for two young people who both love the Lord really it's the best way to start a relationship a marriage um, or, you know, a friendship even, because you've got so much in common. And, and I do see um, girls and guys who end up with someone who doesn't understand the depth of their spirituality and who never will unless they themselves meet God um, and, and begin to get that, um, you know, that, that dimension that we talk about, that spiritual dimension of the Holy Spirit. So it, it really is quite sad sometimes to see 
you know, how these relationships kind of go on through the years. And there is a lot of heartache, I believe. And, and either you, you know, you stick to your principles and what you, what you believe in, but your partner doesn't understand them. And I do see that heartache a lot in the couples that come to me. Well, Jack from Maury in New South Wales, uh, you just you do what you've got to do, uh, but uh, you know I'm excited about it, Jack. If you can just let us know, send me an email or let me know somehow, rather uh, how you go on Sunday with your Pringles uh, containers, uh, because it's a, it's an interesting, very novel way of getting attention for Valentine's Day. Jack, thanks for joining us today. All good. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. if you'd like to be part of our conversation and there might be some crazy things that you have done in the past. Maybe you'd like to spill the beans on uh, some crazy things that some of your friends have done in the past. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen is our number, our talkback line open. Genevieve Milne's our guest and we're talking about uh, love and romance and it's Valentine's Day on Sunday. Uh, Genevieve... Uh, this is an interesting thing that if you find someone and uh, you eventually do get together, how important is it to really get to know one another before taking things to a new level? Well, I think it's of prime importance, but I do see um, young people these days just kind of finding a person and thinking, well, this is it, um, and then maybe rushing into either um, a sexual experience or rushing into a commitment before they actually get to know that person and their culture. So, um, and when I say culture, it's not a bad word. It's a great word. I bring with me my own culture of my own family and, and all the things that um, I consider to be good and valuable and so on. So what you bring to a relationship is great, but you need to give yourself time to find out those things and to experience those things together so that when you when you go into a new place or new surroundings or meet new people, you've got an understanding of each other and, and that is what you're going to build on for the rest of your lives together. Um, and, and that's so, so important. So I see young people jump into this commitment, even if it's just that, you know, I'm in a relationship on Facebook. Um, there you go. That's kind of put it out there uh, and or if you get engaged or if you jump into a marriage fairly quickly within months but you know having said that I do also hear all the stories for example my own mother and father uh, it was during the war and they I think my father had met my mother and it really is a Valentine's story because he'd come back to find out who'd sent what they used to call the comfort packages to the Middle East. And he'd received one of these from a young lady in Adelaide. He came back, um, but this young lady, uh, my mother's sister, was actually in bed with the flu at the time. So he, he said to my mother, well, would you like to come out tonight because your sister's not available? And so she asked her sister and her sister said, yes, that's fine. So she went out with my father and within three weeks he had proposed to her so, um, you know, we hear these stories and thank goodness it all happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. That's right. You're the product <laughs> of, uh, of what was probably a short, uh, a short courtship, I guess. Uh, uh, yes, it was. <laughs> well, 1-800-316-316, you might have your own story to share. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Larissa in WA. Hello, Larissa. Welcome along. 
Hi, Neil. How are you going? Very well. Great to hear from you. What are your thoughts on uh, on love and romance? Um, oh, look, I'm happily married to children, but um, <clears throat> I just that Jack guy just really, really made me laugh, and I just wanted to <laughs> encourage him to. Um, Wear his heart on his sleeve, and um, I'm sure that there'll be a lovely young Christian bride who will enjoy his sense of humour, and I'm sure he will find love soon. That's all I wanted to say. You make a great point there, because this sense of humour, that that does come out, and uh, and as long as Jack keeps smiling, I guess, uh, on Sunday when he's at church, uh, people will know that it's his sense of humour, because if he's getting around long-faced and still wearing the Pringles, uh, he he probably won't look quite the same, but you've got to smile along with it. Absolutely. You've got to have a laugh in life, and um, I'm... My husband and I, we have a great um, laugh together. We really enjoy each other's sense of humour. So I think that is something that will keep you going when, you know, that initial lovey-dovey stuff phases and, you know, when you've been married for like 10 years like I have. You know, you rely on sense of humour, don't you? You do. Well done, done, Larissa. It's so important. It is, and um, I think of of myself and my husband. Um, he says the most ridiculous things, and I think that's, you know, that's what sometimes just gives me that little sparkle to to laugh at the crazy things he says or thinks up. Um, and it, it, a sense of humour is so so important, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I think uh, some people who don't appear to have much of a sense of humour, uh, I'm sure that the compatible match of uh, their lifelong uh, husband or spouse. Uh, spouse. Uh, uh, there is something, isn't there, that we all find appealing in our uh, wife or husband or our potential uh, wife or husband, that this sense of humour, even if they don't look to be a very funny uh, person or they, there's something <laughs> that makes us laugh, that makes us comfortable. I mean, it, laughing's not always the big thing, I guess, here, but it's feeling comfortable and being yourself. Yeah, mm. Mm. Your thoughts on being yourself, Genevieve, because sometimes you can put on a bit of a false face, can't you, at uh, Valentine's well, Day? I think we do. I think we do put on that false face, and it, and especially as young people. I mean, I'm sure I didn't know who I was and what I was doing and, and trying to, you know, portray someone who's, you know, uh, someone who I think, you know, the way I think I should be. But really to get that sense of comfort and be able to laugh and have those good belly laughs with each other and and really find that person that you do fit with you know and it's so so important it's great to hear Larissa that um so it's 10 years now that you've been married yeah 10 years this year or next year this year I can't remember and where are you from Larissa uh Kalgoorlie Kalgoorlie oh good I used to go up there to Kalgoorlie last year so um, I have a little office there. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah. You'll have to well, look out for each other. <laughs> it's such a long drive. We drive up there at six hours from Perth. It so is. It's such a long drive. It yeah. never gets any easier, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Larissa, wonderful to hear from you. Thank you so much for being part of our conversation today. And I hope you and your husband, what's your husband's name? Scott. Scott, I hope that you, Larissa and Scott, have an absolutely wonderful Valentine's Day. Do something romantic and uh, just fall in love all over again this Sunday. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
so much and thank you for your time. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you and Dr. Genevieve Milnes, our guest, National President of the Christian Counselors Association of Australia. Uh, Genevieve, uh, just love the light-heartedness and the contribution of listeners just through this past half hour. And, of course, Sunday, Valentine's Day, and a day I suspect that it's not just for young lovers and uh, maybe those who are just meeting romantically for the first time. Is is Valentine's Day a good time to just get those things in place when you've been married for a while and you know, and you want to keep freshness in there? It's a, it's a great time to revisit why you fell in love in the first place. Yes, that's true. And I think, you know, one of the things that has... I guess, contributed to my marriage over the years is just taking time and sometimes just starting that conversation at night and we remember things, we remember people, what we did on our honeymoon, um, you know, kind, you know, just talking, 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 and it kind of revives your interest in the other people. And it's, I guess it's all about learning to communicate with each other. One of the things that I do with couples is um, something called a couple's dialogue uh, uh, from the Hendricks books. Um, And it talks about creating clear and effective communication between you and your partner so that you can deepen your understanding of your partner's point of view and you you can become more receptive to your partner's communication and you can experience the joy of truly being heard and understood. So it's all about communicating effectively, which is essential to a good relationship. How about the chocolates and the flowers? Are they good icebreakers for getting that conversation going? You want to be clear, you want to be effective in your communication. You do want to have some sort of intentional way of saying, uh, this is an important time just to reflect on our love together. Uh, A good icebreaker if you actually do buy the flowers or the chocolates. Yeah, and look, we do. We certainly look for those things. I think I'm talking about the girls more. But when it comes to deeper communication or trying to understand your partner, sometimes the flowers and the chocolates do get in the way. And I've had couples who've come for for counselling trying to, you know, work out some pretty deep issues. And the guy turns up with, you know, a big bunch of flowers to kind of say, oh, how sorry he is. But he's really missed the point. It's about getting to a deeper level than that, Um, although I know we all do appreciate those beautiful flowers. But it's more about, I guess, um, being willing to, to listen and not to interrupt sometimes. Sometimes we want to say, oh, yes, I experienced that too, and we get off into our own stuff. But to be able to say, I can hear you, this is what you just said to me, whether I like it or not, I'm going to tell you that I've heard you. So it's about hearing and it's about that couple's dialogue that um, one of the first sessions that I do with couples is to get that dialogue flowing so that we can actually hear and understand because this begins to heal those wounds of our childhood because we were all wounded by parents and teachers and relatives who, you know, who perhaps told us things like, well, you don't feel that or you don't think that. So when our partners start to say things like that, 
Um, we want to hear them say, I understand that you really do feel and think that way. So it validates us. So we no longer feel that we have to cut off parts of ourselves to be loved and accepted, but we can be those complex, multifaceted people that we really are and still find acceptance in the world. Genevieve, uh, just a couple of minutes remaining. Let me just bring you to the Christian Counselors Association Australia, the organisation at which you are at the helm. Uh, there is help for people who, things when things go wrong, sometimes they go really wrong, and sometimes you need to have someone to help you get back on your feet. And uh, a Christian counsellor can be very valuable. Uh, you guys are all around Australia. How do people get in touch with a Christian counsellor in their community? Yes, we're, we're very proud to be able to say that we have something like 800 Christian counsellors who are fully qualified and therefore on the website. Um, uh, the, sorry, there are less than those fully qualified, I must say. We have registered members and we have associates as well. So all of the people who are qualified to give counselling are on our website, and that's the one that you gave out, the uh ccaa.net.au and you can go to that website and find a counsellor in your location. So you just put in the information and um, people will pop up in answer to your request there. So you are able to find someone in your location um, or perhaps with a specialty that you want. And we are all over Australia. So it, it's, it is a great association to be a part of. And those people who are Christian counsellors, I'd really recommend this association to you. So do have a look there. We have um, application papers of how to become associated with us. Um, and we are growing all the time. And it's a very, very strong Christian, a very good Christian base that we have for our um, counsellors who are all qualified, who've done degrees and so on. And you can, you can look at those people up and find out where people are close to you. So that website is ccaa.net.au. And uh, good to uh, mention too here, uh, there is uh, someone who will have a listening ear who will pray for you in circumstances if things look like they've gone particularly badly. You can call Vision Christian Prayer on 1-800-772-936. That's 1-800-772-936. Dr. Genevieve Milnes, wonderful getting your insights again today, Genevieve. Let's do this some more this year and uh, we'll pick up on some really great topics and, and unpack them with you. Just love your insights, love your wisdom, and thank you so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's been a delight. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.